Welcome to the Heartstream Musings podcast, a podcast to help you on your journey of self-love. I'm your host, Lisa Mae Francisco, a self-love coach and inner child guide. In the podcast, we'll dive deep on how to heal your inner child wounds, break your relationship patterns, and liberate your truth so you can claim the relationships in life that you deserve. Thanks so much for listening. I'm super excited that you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Heartstream Musings podcast. I'm super, super stoked for this episode. I am just running off of the high of doing a talk that I had earlier this morning. And I thought, why don't I just repurpose the talk for my podcast? And so that's why I'm recording today. I wasn't even planning on recording today, but I just thought, F it. I don't have any client. I don't have any one-on-one client meetings. I'm just going to use this day for strictly creating content and also doing educational content because Fun fact, if you do know me, if you don't know me, I love learning. I'm such a nerd, love learning, and I'm total education junkie, like the person that actually buys different programs. But anyways, I digress. But I was invited to speak as an alum to this group coaching program that I was a part of called Six Figure Savers, and it was a program that was created by this money coach for entrepreneurs. Her name is Gina Knox. She and I used to work together, and I was invited to share about my different experience of saving 100k cuz that's what the program helps you with is how to manage your cash flow your money mindset especially as an entrepreneur and you're on variable income and how to save 100k in the process right and so it's helping you truly build that muscle of saving and the interesting thing is my perspective of when i was sharing with the students the participants the people in that program I was doing it off of the lens of how our inner child shows up in our relationship to money, creating our money wounds, all of that stuff. And so I just had so much passion behind it. I love talking about it. It's actually one of the core wounds that I discovered when working with one-on-one clients is this fear of success and failure. When it comes to money wounds and why we can't make money, what happens, what shows up, all of that stuff. And so I really wanted to share my story, my personal story, different tools I used of how, I don't want to say like totally overcome it, but how at that point of where I was on my money story and my money journey that, I don't know, I guess that glitch in time or that moment in time of being able to share it, right, where I was in my business. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down memory lane I'm going to share how inner child work shows up in our relationship to money, and I'm sure this is going to help you. Maybe it'll help you deepen your experience or desire to want to learn, like, how do you even do inner child work? And I'm actually going to go – I'm actually pivoting more into inner child work. I I started my business off with that before, and – what's coming up for me full circle is just really honing in on that journey, right? How to bust through your limiting beliefs, how to connect to your inner truth by doing inner child work. Like want to manifest everything you want and desire. (laughs) It's a not blanketed statement because trust me, there's some folk like potent magic around inner child work. And to me, I found that it's helped so many people whether they are on this simple this journey with me, doing their own practices, or I've worked with them one on one, I just see the transformation, and I just want to be able to talk about it and share it. So, 
here we go. All right. How did (laughs) – I'm going to talk about how I even scratched the surface with money, right? And it's funny because a lot of people will say, what is a strategy to actually get money? So I'm going to do it from the entrepreneurship type of perspective. And that's just what's tried and true and real for me right now and what I have a lot of energy on. And so that's just the perspective I'm going to share. And so for me, I knew that I wanted to pursue coaching. And so if you've listened to previous episodes of mine, I really didn't get serious about it until February 2022. And that was almost about a year after I got certified in life coaching in March 2021. And so it's always been on my mind and part of my life in a non-formal way, wasn't claiming it. And so I remember I was working with my web designer at the time who happened to be one of my colleagues. And she said to me, oh, someone I used to work with actually just left and became a full-time coach. And at that point, I didn't know many full-time coaches that were actually doing it because the whole thing is, oh my gosh, I think they're a unicorn if they're actually making any money that they could live off of and not savings. Like I just don't understand how people do that. And so when I found out that my web designer said a former colleague of ours had just left, I was so keen on knowing her. So I stalked her on Instagram and I looked up her content and realized, oh my gosh, she's a money coach for entrepreneurs. This is amazing. I'm not making any dough yet, but I'm sure I need the education. I need to understand how to manage my cash flow what that even means, all of that stuff. Budgeting, I don't know. I I know I have to set aside money for taxes, but how much percentage should I put aside? And what does it actually mean, right? I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And so that's where I was when I had decided to have this open or just open the door to what money even looked like. And I had worked on money before personally, but not at the business level. So it's almost about inner child work with money and also spirituality and business, which is something you don't think actually intersects. But honestly, your business is just a reflection of like your money mindset, how clean the thoughts you have about yourself, your craft, your skills, ability, capability, your worth, your confidence, all of that shit. And I remember when I was interviewing different business coaches that I want to work with, a lot of them were talking about money mindset. And I said, I just want to know the strategies of like how I can quit my job. I don't know what you're talking about. I have a therapist, blah, blah, blah. And so if you're new to this journey, you're in for a wild ride, but it teaches you so much about yourself, honestly, so much about yourself. And for me, the goal was to quit my nine to five. Right. And so that's just where I was. And so I decided to launch my business in June 2022 and announce it publicly. And the financial picture for me from July 2022 to December 2022, so six months, I had one repeat client and I had one off coaching sessions. I was doing you know, different flash sales of one-off coaching. I wanted to give it as a gift to my community. It was half off. I wanted to help other people. I wanted other people to get it as a gift to themselves. It was like a gift to my community and I wanted them to give it as a gift to other people and pay it forward. And as I mentioned before, I had a financial advisor who was like, all right, if you know that you want to quit and 
start doing your business full time, then you should probably opt out of your company benefits. And so that actually allowed me to save 5K a month because I wasn't opting into my 401k anymore. That was just cash that was coming into my paycheck and I would put it in a separate savings account that I wouldn't see because I want it to be an automatic process that I just didn't see the money, right? If you don't see it, then you don't miss it. And so I also opted out of buying stock at a discounted price from my company. And I also was at the very beginning of my business, so I wanted to reinvest. I didn't have enough capital to reinvest in myself and do my website and do a photo shoot and do business coaching and go to different pro- do different programs and all of this stuff. And so I I'm not saying you should do this, but this is what I did. I withdrew from my 401k. And I did get a tax penalty for it. And so there's that. I I probably should have withdrew my stock instead because the tax is already taken out when you actually get the stocks granted to you. But anyway – or you get hit with a tax bill. But anyway, so that that's the financial picture. And so that's what allowed me to have – that money to reinvest in my business. And that was all just brass tacks, right? Like I did not think of anything. It was just more of, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to get money. And I would say, um, you know, the mindset that I had for those six months from June to December 2022, my mindset was I was super impatient. I was angry. I was frustrated because I only had three (laughs) people who wanted to do one-on-one coaching sessions from that flash sale I was doing in holiday. And then I also only had a repeat client of one. But the way I was looking at it was that's not enough, right? I had that scarcity mindset. And so it was so interesting because but like an abundant mindset would say, wow, I'm doing such great work that I have someone that's re-signing with me. That's amazing. It's almost like seeing yourself as being on retainer. And my mind was definitely deluded of the fantasy that a lot of coaches sell you of having these fake lives that you're just somehow going to be an entrepreneur and you are automatically going to be living off of that money. You're going to have booked out you know, coaching programs. You're going to have booked out one-on-one client roster. You're going to have so much free time. You're going to be diving into having all this spaciousness in your life. You're going to be fucking eating mangoes on a beach, like all of that stuff, right? Where you just see people on reels not even talking, but they're just moving their body and shoulders and feeding you stuff on captions. I sound totally cynical right now. But anyways, that reality just burned me because I thought it was the truth. And I realized, okay, that's not fucking reality. That's just people trying to sell you something. That's just capitalism. And I was definitely getting upset because I was spending more than I was actually saving. So even though I withdrew money from my 401k, it was automatically reinvested back into my business. And I knew in the long term, like, okay, this is stuff that's marketing marketing material. It's going to be it's like long-term investment. Even though I was thinking, oh my God. (laughs) And so obviously this made me doubt myself because the circumstance that I was thinking of was if I'm not getting any sales calls, if I am not getting any people to book with me, if I am not having people show up for my online events, like whatever, that was just a reflection of me and my ability to coach in the world. And so I just really started to doubt myself and my ability to be able to leave my corporate job and do this full time. And so it was really hard. And so 
what I really focused on from, I would say, starting the holiday season of November 2022 to March 2023, I there are these two tools that I use to really just work on my mindset. That's what I really wanted to focus on. And it's so interesting because I've totally bought into this ideology of I'm just going to learn a strategy from someone. It's going to be cookie cutter. I'm going to apply it to my business and then boom, I'm going to get the same success and be able to replicate it as much as they can or double. When in reality, it's like your thoughts, your mindset will really affect the actions that you take. And so there is this model by the coach, the, the life like coaching school, I believe, or the life coaching school. And it's a one, two, three, four. Yeah, it's a five-part model where you look at your circumstance, you look at the thoughts you have about it, you look at the feelings you have about that based off your thoughts, that informs your actions, and then that informs your results, right? And so the whole point is how can you neutralize your thoughts around that circumstance? What kind of thoughts do you actually need to have and embody in order to get the results that you want? Because you can't change the circumstance, but you can change your actual thoughts around it. You can, and then once you change your thoughts, your feelings will then follow. And then once those are changed, then your actions will change and then you'll get a different result. And so it's really interesting to practice this model and be coached in it because it really helps you understand and realize that you can change how you are experiencing the world, right? People often talk about self-mastery, mastering your thoughts, and being able to change your experience of the world, right? I always used to hear Gabby Bernstein say this all this time, of that your external reality is just a reflection of your internal reality. So how you view things, how you see things, your perspective on things. And then we also did a money mindset challenge in the Six Figure Saver program. Gina Knox is always doing different challenges in Six Figure Saver. So it's like an awesome way to just dive in and understand your internal environment, your mental snapshot of where you're currently at. And so really working on my mindset and changing the belief systems that I have in order to change my thoughts, change my feelings, uh, and create different actions for myself so I can have different results. And so while I was working really heavily on those two two tools, um, the other resources that I had was I hired a one-on-one money coach. I wanted to hire someone to really double down on my mindset and clean my thoughts out, right? Get the garbage out. I also invested in a sales program because I was like, okay, I need to learn how to close sales. Maybe that's the reason I'm not having any clients. And then I also joined a podcast program because I wanted to have my own distribution channel of being able to create long-form content other than my newsletter where I get to share and express myself because it's really important to me. That's one of my values. And short-form content with TikTok and Instagram is just – sometimes it just doesn't cut it for me. So that's why I wanted to do that program. And my inner child didn't start showing up when I started to really understand like the thought dump or the belief dump of what was the belief system, what was that movie that was playing in my subconscious background and narrative that was feeding into how I was showing up in my business that was affecting my confidence and my worth. And so 
you know, I've talked about this before. If you haven't heard me share about what inner child work is, you can listen to episode one and two and three, I believe, in season one. And what is your inner child? Your inner child, everyone has it, right? It's all of your emotions and feelings from when you're little that are actually stored in your subconscious. And I say this all the time, if you're hysterical, it's historical because oftentimes you are reacting from a place that's very triggering that was when you were younger and you weren't able to process those emotions. And so it's just coming back right now. And so it's, you know, the part of you that never got to fully be acknowledged, never got to express itself. And so sometimes it comes out as limiting beliefs that you have, the fears you have, or the rules that create that you created for yourself for this way of being in order to create safety in your role. Because maybe it was safe to be yourself in your family environment, your school environment, your work environment, any of that stuff. And so the reason why it's so important to connect to your inner child is because your inner child will come out in situations where you don't even know what's happening. It'll often come out as self-sabotaging and it can just hijack and take over your actions and you don't even need to understand why. And so that's why I think it's super important to really develop this understanding, especially if you're new to inner child work, of self-awareness, right? Self-awareness of what are the patterns that I'm currently creating in my life that are detrimental to me, that are are harmful to me? Why do they keep happening? Have I What are the feelings behind those patterns? Why do I keep doing it? Um, and have I experienced those feelings before at an early age? And really understanding the self-awareness, taking like a full or like getting a higher altitude and picture of what are the current patterns that are currently running your life. That's what I would say really helps build like this inner child healing journey because you start to see your patterns and you realize that it's coming from a place of when you were younger where maybe you need to go back there. Maybe that's a fragmented part of you that you need to go back and do some inner child work. And so how did it show up for me? <laughs> so my inner child thoughts showed up as egocentric thoughts. Egocentric meaning I just made it about me. It wasn't about anybody else. It was how are people acting as a reflection of me in the world doing my business as a coach, right? And so I thought people don't think I'm the right teacher. I thought people think I'm too expensive for someone they don't even know. I thought... I won't succeed as an entrepreneur. I thought I undervalue and have low self-esteem around my craft, my skill sets, and my talent, and just the passion, right? I just don't value myself. I don't think other people can value me. And this big one, I'm afraid to be seen. I'm afraid to be seen because I think that when I share something, you're going to think I'm stupid. You're going to reject me. You're going to judge me. You're going to criticize me. You're going to think, wow, this bitch does not know what she's fucking talking about. But it's like understanding, okay, then I'm not the coach for you. I'm not aligning with you and you're not my soul aligned client, right? And then also thinking that I don't have anything to offer. And so literally accepting crumbs and giving off this sort of insecure, needy energy of like, I'm willing to accept anything that you pay me just to validate that I am like good enough to be in this arena to fucking play. And that's just the energy that I was going off of. That's what I was reacting towards. That's what I believe is my truth, right? Those were the thoughts and belief systems that I had in my head. and. My inner child, little Lisa, it, it definitely impacted 
how I thought about myself. Not only was it from societal conditioning, parental conditioning, but my immigrant, my immigrants, my parents, they emigrated from the Philippines and their whole dream was to come to America and obviously work in corporate world and value the hard skills versus the soft skills. Not many people in Asian culture, they go to therapy or understand that. My parents still don't understand that. And that's okay. That's okay. People grow up with their own experiences, their own conditioning. And that's what makes them. We don't need to condemn another person. Don't yuck my my young, right? We don't need to condemn other people for how they live their life or how they choose to live their life or have an opinion on it, frankly. And so for me, it was like, okay, I'm definitely going to go down this path of just pursuing my MBA because I think that's the only way to make money. And it's really strange. Maybe I shouldn't pursue this spiritual route of helping people and coaching people because it just wasn't in my purview of how to even do that. And intrinsically, I took on this idea of valuing with the hard skills versus the soft skills. And I also embodied this idea that of actually thinking the mother archetype of how she shows up, right? So a lot of the times when you think about nurturing, holding space, creating these containers, facilitating teaching, all of that health and wellness – it's very much matriarchal and it ties back to the mother giving all of these nourishments and nurturing for free, nurtures her children for free, all of that stuff. And so for me, that was thinking, oh, okay, so like maybe I should do a lot of free shit <laughs> because that's what people value. You ask them about, you know, something else that's, I don't know, like an engineering boot camp. Like, oh, yeah, I'll pay for that. I'll pay for that. But it's like therapy session, coaching session. What? Unless I've actually had a coach before. So I've had had that experience. But anyways, so for me, my career was very much in corporate because of the societal parental conditioning that I had and the narratives that I grew up with. And it's really interesting because my both sets of grandparents, they were entrepreneurs in their own, right? Like my parents, but my both my grandparents, they had businesses in the Philippines. And my parents are very much like in the corporate world, retired from the corporate world, all of that stuff. And for me, it was that inner child mindset that I grew up with that was informing my decision of perpetuating this conflict that I had within myself of I feel wrong for pursuing something that my parents don't want me to do that I was told wasn't necessarily – I wasn't told that it wasn't okay, but it was just this unspoken like, no, the right path is corporate. And for me, being – in a family dynamic where it's very much prided in the fact that you do know a lot of things. It's not really good to show your underbelly and show that you don't know things or being imperfect. It was a hard time for me understanding being the entrepreneurial mindset that there are a lot of unknowns. There are no playbooks. Sure, you can play like pay for it, but at the end of the day, when it comes to your business, the way you integrate it, the way you execute it is just so different because you are your own unique being and you have your own unique DNA. You have your own unique business. And so there isn't an actual blueprint. But I know there's all this like human design and astrology stuff that it's so unique to you. But anyways, there's other strategies that people try and sell you. And so having this beginner mindset of being able to figure things out on my own, it was just, it just wasn't instilled in me. So I didn't trust myself that I could succeed. And because I didn't trust myself that I could succeed, because I grew up in this environment where I always had to know everything and not necessarily giving myself the grace to make mistakes that showed up in my business. 
It made me not, it made me more risk averse. It made me not encouraged to feel like I could do big things. So there was a sort of self-containment that I had. And if you really think about it and you tie it back, like it's it's pretty remarkable that all of that it just ties back to your inner child experiences. <laughs> and so I really encourage you to look and think, okay, this is how my inner child shows up and my relationship to money. And I am just explicitly sharing with you how it shows up in my business in the last year. And so my perfectionism also definitely showed up. And so this idea of needing to know everything, needing to look very curated. I remember it would take me so long to actually show up on Instagram and do all of these different things because I was so afraid that you were going to judge me, think I was stupid and think my content was dumb, like all that stuff or get on follows and And I realize it's just how do I reframe that mindset of getting on follows, on subscribers, any of that stuff is just that you are truly releasing people that just aren't in alignment with you that you don't want in your circle anyway. And so the more that you follow your truth, the more that you are yourselves, you are going to attract those like-minded people. So instead of being a people pleaser where you're filled with a fake community. And so it's like really dying by your sword of what is your truth? Are you willing to stand by it and lose people? But at the end of the day, you're not losing yourself. You're not compromising yourself. And that's far more greater than losing other people. And again, saying, thinking perfectionism and this fear of being seen out in the world. And the ultimate, I would say, holy grail of the belief, the subconscious belief that little Lisa was truly playing out was – the thought of would I still be loved and accepted if I chose a different path than what my parents had emigrated to America for, right? It was almost this rebellious defiance that I felt that I was doing if I pursued this path because when I graduated getting my MBA, my parents were so proud of me. So proud of me. When I got that fintech job, so proud of me. Making six figures, so proud of me. And all of a sudden to just quote unquote throw that away for something that wasn't necessarily guaranteed was like, are you fucking out of your mind, girl? You just got an MBA. Like, you stupid. (laughs) And so that just – that really stuck with me. And I remember – literally being on the couch. This was maybe February of 2023 and just feeling so low because I knew I didn't want to be at my nine to five, but I knew I wanted to pursue this path. And my parents were showing such disappointment and not support for me. And that really got to me. That's That actually prolonged my timeline of leaving because I didn't have my family support in all fronts. And I that feeling of, oh my God, and the black sheep, not being accepted, not being loved, being ostracized, not being part of the pack. That's just some deep-seated stuff that's generational, not just akin to culturally, but the tribes that we were in for since the beginning. And so the root of my inner child acting out of all of these different names and fears of perfectionism, being seen, not being able to know what to do, being judged, criticized, all came down to having the acceptance 
from my family and just the fear of being alone and being scared that they wouldn't be proud of me. They were proud of me for having this traditional route of my MBA and having a corporate job and moving up that ladder, but would they be proud of me for the things that truly bring me passion, that truly make me feel fucking alive, that I know I'm meant to be on this earth for a living, breathing, and doing? And not many people know what their dharma is. And so I feel very privileged and very lucky, but to not feel supported in your truth by your family, that's very corrosive to the soul and that'll make anybody stop in their tracks. And so that is how my inner child really showed up because it was running off of that belief and fear and thought of will I be accepted. And the tools that I use to really help me I don't want to say deal with inner because it's not about dealing with your inner child or, or like dealing with your conflicts or dealing with your challenges. It's about how to maneuver and navigate and unravel with grace and compassion and self-acceptance and love. And so one of the tools for me was reparenting, right? How would I talk to little Lisa to recreate this new belief system where she can thrive in this entrepreneurial environment, right? How do I create a container for her where she can feel confident, where she can take risks, where she wants to be seen, that she knows it's okay to be seen, that I want to encourage her to be imperfect and have her strive for imperfection and not need to know everything and know that when she's seen doing what she loves and in her truth, that is the key, that is the magic, and that is the magnetism for drawing in the type of abundance that you truly want. And mind you, it's I'm not talking about strategy of a post at this time. Post. I'm talking about fucking mindset shit and inner child work. This is a different type of strategy, but it is the inner work that'll truly mirror the external abundance that you want to experience. Trust me on that. And this entrepreneurial mindset of having failure tolerance, right? But not even looking at it as failure tolerance, but looking at it as experimentation, trying a bunch of shit out, throwing shit on the paper and seeing what sticks and iterating and pivoting and taking stock of what works, what doesn't work and having fun with it instead of putting pressure on myself to achieve something because I'm worried that I need my parents accept us, like acceptance and I need to make this fucking work so it's all worth it. And it's no, I'm doing this for me. I need to remember why I got into this. I'm doing it for the love of the game. Like, and just changing around my mindset that the amount, like, am I showing up in my truth? That's it. Can I give myself that grace? Can I acknowledge the fears, beliefs, and thoughts that I have that are corrosive to my mind? And how can I clean it out with love and tend to little Lisa, right? That's the experience that I want to have. And sure, you can look at the numbers, you can look at followers, you can look at the amount of one-on-one clients, sold out things, but it is truly about the process and how you feel along the way because at the end, what is it for? And now in my business, I'm actually, I feel very privileged, but I'm not, money isn't as much of a motivating factor to me anymore because I understand that when I do become money hungry, that 
I just make reckless decisions. It makes me think that I can collaborate with anybody that I want to. It makes me say yes to free shit when it doesn't feel right in my body. And so when I am money hungry, money thirsty, it just makes me act in this insecure, energetic state that I know is compromising my self-worth and perpetuating my low self-confidence and being able to do this as a real thing in this world. And so, you know, another tool that I used was affirmations. And so I'm not going to share with you all of the affirmations, but I would do, I would write these in my journal all the time. Like I would write, I would focus on a different one every single day and I would write it 10 times and I would repeat it to myself almost to the point where it's like, you know, when you're younger and someone, I don't know, maybe this hasn't happened to you, but everyone has an inner critic. If you don't, then I'd love to meet you. But it's all the thoughts we tell ourselves, all these mean thoughts that we tell ourselves. And then eventually we believe it because we hear it so much. And so what if you change that and you just told yourself all these amazing things and then you say it enough, eventually you start to believe it. And so that's how I really applied the magic of affirmations. And so this is what I use today to combat or I used back then to combat my egocentric thoughts that I shared earlier in the episode. And so one of them was, I magnetize money effortlessly and easily. I'm a successful entrepreneur and I'm making six plus figures. I value my craft, skills, talents, and passions. I love being seen in my worth as a coach. My coaching changes lives. I have so much wisdom to share with the world. I attract soul-aligned clients who are financially and emotionally ready to make the investment. I am patient. I have faith. I trust in divine timing. I trust in the universe. The divine plan of my biz is unfolding as it should. Only by doing what I love, I am magnetic. I am endlessly creative. Money flows naturally from my creative endeavors. And this one is really funny. It's one of my favorites. Money is flying at me from all directions. (laughs) Yes. And so the other tools that I used was somatic work. I am such a huge fan of EFT tapping. I do EFT tapping for my different clients individually, also at a group level. And so for me, being able to tap on old memories that I had of when I was younger to rewire these neural pathways and rewrite a new narrative and create new positive experiences and conditioning and process these old memories that were very much stuck in my body and creating these looped belief systems and thoughts really helped me. And so it just felt really good to dive into that, even though it can be a little bit hard in the beginning. But then at the end of the day, your inner child will thank you because every time you do EFT on an experience when you're younger, that is acknowledging your inner child. By you not going into the fire, walking into the fire, is you choosing to not acknowledge your inner child. And that is – an attachment rupture, right? By you choosing consciously to not do that. And so as hard as it is, like ripping off the Band-Aid, it hurts in the moment, but the long-term effects of happiness, of a healthy relationship, of creating intimacy, of healing, of being closer to your inner child is far more greater than the temporal effects of the pain, okay? 
And then the last one I did was just amplifying my spiritual practice. So I talk about it on my Instagram stories of doing kundalini yoga, kriyas, mudras, working on the energetics of raising my money-making energy and vibration to truly call in the abundance of the universe and change my mind. And so I love doing all of that. Love it. And so as a work, as a result of this work, and I will end right here is what does it look like now after doing that work and truly wanting to be, you know, showing up and being seen in my business? And so from December 2022 to March 2023, I made a commitment to do workshops at my corporate job. And so I thought since I'm there, I'm going to do workshops. I'm going to do it for the employee resource groups, for the women's network, for the Asian network. And I am going to work on my craft and skill and see what it's like to hold space, see what it's like to hold space for online events and corporate events, like all of that stuff. And then January, I was able to sign another client, which was so awesome. So I had two clients at that time. And then in March, I made the decision to actually leave my nine to five and tell my staff. And then in April, I actually left. And so for me, as I shared in the beginning, I was able to save for X amount of months and I was able to leave with money that I felt totally comfortable with that would give me a runway. And that was my personal choice of leaving, having the actual savings versus thinking, okay, I have for me, the number was like eight clients. I, I, that, I don't know. It was like some arbitrary number that I picked up. If I have eight clients, then that means I'm successful and I can leave my full-time job. And I decided to bet on myself after doing the inner work. It just seemed, no, I can really do this. You see? So it's like the affirmations. You start telling yourself all these things all the time. You start feeling different energetically and you're not coming from this like needy place. Then your, your whole energy just starts to shift. And so – even though I only had two clients at the time, I decided, no, I can do this. I believe in myself. And if I don't give myself the shot, then I will be remissed. And so being able to have the cash savings allowed me the flexibility and play to do what I wanted to do and not put so much pressure on myself in the beginning stages of my business of doing it full time. But I'm me. <laughs> I do put pressure on myself and that's okay. It's like this ever flowing ebbs and flows of sometimes I put pressure, sometimes I don't, sometimes I don't. So it's like off balance, finding your balance, off balance. And that's like the dance of life where dynamic human beings and so never punish yourself or criticize yourself or judge yourself for not being a certain way perfectly because there is no perfect. Let's strive for good enough. Let's strive for imperfection and being okay with that. And the funny thing is that as soon as I left, I signed another client. And then soon as that, I signed client, one client, then I signed another client. And now I have eight. And it's very funny that I like realize an introspection or like reflection of, oh my God, I, I said I wanted eight and that meant that I was okay to leave. And so I couldn't, I can't make that shit up. That's pretty amazing that I was able to call out that number. And then from doing this inner work, I've been able to do whole women's circles because at first that whole idea of being seen and being judged and who am I to do this of little Lisa, she was coming up and all of that stuff and being able to push through that and do it. And that has been really just 
full circle for me and really touching that I get to this because the whole reason of why I got into coaching in the first place was because I found my inner child and I found this medicine to be so potent and magical that I thought that everybody should understand it and I wanted to share it with everybody because it hasn't been you know, fully talked about. Sure, it's been mentioned here and there, but to fully dive into it and make it the center and focal point of my coaching, I admit that I have definitely strayed a little bit just because of whatever I'm truly passionate about. But I've had this sort of come to Jesus moment of the thing that I cannot stop talking about is how our inner child shows up in literally every single thing that we do. Even money, even business, even obviously relationships, but even at work, even in your family. Oh my goodness, when I become, or if and when I become a mom, that's going to come up. And really understanding that this is a never ending journey. And sure, you can know all the different things about your inner child and what they liked when they were younger, but there are still layers of that onion that you still need to unpack and know and heal and all of that stuff. And even today, the money, energetics, and embodiment that I want to embody into how I run my practice. Originally, I thought that I was just going to do free trades with people, all of that stuff. If they wanted to attend my events, I can go to their events. And then I realized, no, I want to get paid. And that's like something that I'm claiming, right? So in the beginning, I shared that perspective of, oh, people aren't going to pay me. And if I'm giving things for free, I'm perpetuating that narrative that people aren't going to pay me. I understand the value of paying your dues and giving freebies to people at the most appropriate times and certain things. But when it comes to the stuff that I'm truly passionate that I put a lot of like thought and energy and time into and my own money into, I would like to be compensated because to me, when I set my prices, it means that I am setting them at a point where I am reflecting my worth, my value, my contribution, and that I do believe that I deserve that much, right? And so to me, that is that declaration and that is that statement and that affirmation of knowing that I am attracting people that have no problem investing in themselves at that level of what I'm asking for. And so today, originally, I was supposed to do a free trade with someone and I realized like, nope, I want to get paid. I'm going to give a discount code and I'm happy to support this person too because that's what we should be doing. We should be creating a new story around people that are in this line of work of the fact that you can get paid and you can ask for what you want and you can also change your mind. That is your prerogative. And so it didn't sit well with this person and I I understood that, right? But we were both honoring our highest truth in that moment of them not feeling right, feeling misled, and how I want to do it for, for trade before, and how I decided to say, like, oh, I'm actually embodying this, and I'm happy to give and receive money, and I'm happy to pay you for your workshops too. Let's let's support each other that way. And I didn't sit well, and that's okay, right? And so my response was, glad to know that we're both honoring and taking care of ourselves. And so that's what it means to me today of what does it look like to stand in your worth? What does it look like to honor yourself, honor your inner child, and truly believe that you can heal that relationship of your unworthiness, especially when it comes to money. Like money is such a loaded, multifaceted, complex subject. Not only is it mired in afraid, being afraid to be seen, but then it's also mired in you're afraid to have success 
right? So maybe you're sabotaging your opportunities for success. Maybe you're sabotaging your opportunities to be promoted or you don't want to do certain big projects or that are preventing you from making that money that you truly desire. Or maybe on the other side of being afraid, having fear of success is fear of failure. So maybe you don't even want to try at all and you just don't even do it. And so it's really interesting when we start to do inner child work of what's under the hood. What are the beliefs? What are the conditioning that we've experienced when we were younger from parents or society? What are the thoughts that we've been fed? What do we believe about ourselves? What are the rules that we created to feel safe and be small that affects our relationship to money? And so I'm going to end it right here. I truly hope this episode serves you. It was a really fun talk to do it today in a six-figure saver. And so I'm really happy that I get to share it and repurpose it and really dive into how inner child work just shows up in areas of our money and thinking about, and I didn't even touch upon this, but what was your relationship to money growing up? People often say you can actually mirror your attachment style to money, right? Do you Are you avoidant? Are you anxious about money? So you hoard money. Do you not even look at your bank account? So really look at your relationship to money and how you feel because at the end of the day, it is energy. It is giving and receiving. Money flows in, money flows out. How much are you giving? How much are you keeping? And so just really looking at that practice with it and looking at your mindset with it of are you constantly in that mindset of scarcity of there's never enough, there's never enough, that person's going to get it and you have this competitive mindset about it instead of being able to be free with it. And also are you aligning and standing to your truth of how you want to navigate your relationship with money? Like I talked about the money energetics and embodiment of freely giving and receiving and supporting each other because I don't want to contribute to that mother archetype that we need to pay health providers, coaches less than they deserve, right? And so really thinking about the prices that I'm asking are, am I willing to pay those prices to another person? Because if you're not, and I will claim this, then you shouldn't be charging those prices if you're not willing to pay it for someone else's services. And that's just something that I personally believe because it does come back to you. It does. How can you ask people to do something that you're not willing to do yourself? And it's like the analogy of dating of how can you ask that of a partner when you don't even body those attributes and qualities yourself? Sounds like you're not even the person that you want to date. And inner child work is just really an opportunity and gateway to understand how you can go deeper into the concepts and topic of money. And if this is something that you want to dive deep into and understand and learn more about inner child work, how it shows up in different areas of your life, I am launching a group coaching program. It's not even going to be until January, but it's because I'm taking a break and I'm going to be in Europe for a couple months, then it's the holidays and yeah. But I am claiming that. So if you want to get on the wait list to hear all the up-to-date details about that when it launches in January, feel free to sign up for my newsletter where I share all the latest updates on any of my coaching offerings, or you can DM me on Instagram at Lisa May Coaching. Hope this episode serves you. But before I leave, I have two questions for you today. 
what are you doing to fill up your self-love cup and connect to the little you all right everyone thank you so much for listening and i will catch you at the next episode bye